The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm thrilled that you chose to jump on as we're finishing our three-week mini-series walking through the first 10 verses of Luke chapter 17. If you haven't been with us, that's okay. Each of these kind of stand alone because what Jesus is doing is he's speaking directly to his disciples. And it's really kind of a hodgepodge of teaching. It really doesn't follow any pattern, which makes many believe that it's a summary given by Luke of the teaching that Jesus had while he was in Perea with his disciples. This is just a few weeks before Jesus will head to Jerusalem to die on the cross. We've already seen him talk about our bold, bold response to sin, to make sure that we're never a stumbling block, to forgive those who sin against us. He's told his disciples, you're going to need that. After hearing that week one, the disciples cry out, you got to increase our faith in Lord, because that's a hard teaching. If we're supposed to forgive everyone, if we're supposed to never be a stumbling block, will you please increase our faith? Will you make our faith more bold? And Jesus goes, yes, I I can do that. But he has one more thing he wants to cover. Uh, You have a job. You have a responsibility. You have a duty to fulfill. And today we finish up this little mini series with the last few verses. And we see that Jesus is calling his disciples to be bold in their duty, to be bold in what they're being called to do. And he does so with an illustration or parable. And it's not hard for us to grasp what Jesus is saying, but the language, the language that he uses definitely demands us to unpack this passage slowly and to make sure we understand exactly what he's trying to teach his disciples so that we can hear it and apply it to our own lives. And I do want to address, before I go any further, yes, the word duty is going to be said a lot. If you are like me and are about the maturity of a 13-year-old, it's hard to hear that word over and over without smiling a little bit. So just get it done with now. Just smile, chuckle just a little bit. We are going to use the word duty a lot today. Let's go ahead and knock out our verses, though. In Luke chapter 17, verses 7 through 10, I will read them all. Please follow along. Suppose one of you, remember, he's talking to his disciples, suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. The fact that he goes that broad lets us know that he's really just talking about someone who lives on a master's property and works for them. He could have put in anything there. Will, okay, Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now, sit down and eat? Will the master say that? The servants worked for the day. Hey, come join me at the family dinner table. Mm, Verse eight, won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. The master's not going to look at the servant and be like, come on in, you did great. Thanks for putting in a full eight hours. He's going to look at the servant and go, get my dinner ready. Make sure that I have everything I need. That's your duty. That's your role. And then when I'm done, you will get your reward. You'll get to eat and drink. Verse nine, will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? Will he do that? Will he be like, I can't believe you actually tended the sheep all day. That was incredible. No. He won't do that. Verse 10. So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we're unworthy servants. 
Hey, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And I know this doesn't sound good. We are unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. We've only done what you told us to do. In our day, in our culture, this sounds unthinkable to talk to someone like this. Would God, would God really, really ask his disciples to do all the work and expect no praise, expect no reward? Would he really ask that? This sounds very close to slavery, right? And we hate that term. Are you really expected to work all day long and then prepare the master's dinner and expect nothing in return? Is this really the call of a disciple? The unpopular answer to that question is yes. That is the call, and that's why this is bold, and that's why Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for his departure. They've got a huge job ahead of them, and they can't be quitting at five thinking, we've done great, we just want our reward now. Would God really do that? Yeah. Because when you're the owner of someone, now that is slavery, and the only, only way you can claim to be the owner of someone is to have been their creator. So God is saying, you are my created. I am your master. I'm your God. I, I own you. you. You exist for my glory. It's, it's not how we like to think about God, but that is absolutely true to the whole teaching of Scripture. As the owner, creator, he has the right to expect much from his creation. He has the right to put on us whatever he wants, yet he chooses to be a benevolent and loving God. Now, I have kids. Some of you do, some of you don't, that's fine. I have kids. I'm not God, but I had a role in making them. All right? There's a there's part that I did in making them. And because of that, I expect my children to listen to me. And, and you'll do as I ask. And when you fail to do what I ask, child, I will let you know that you failed. My kids have never had to come in from the fields and cook me dinner. That, that has not happened. Nor do I ask them to do that. But... We are a family, I think a typical family, a loving family, where we expect our children to do what we ask them to do. I'm not a tyrant. I don't think I'm an awful father. I also don't think I'm the best father. But I hope I'm loving and kind, yet I expect my kids to put their dirty dishes in the sink. I expect that. When you're done eating, can you please just take that plate and put it in the sink? I'll get it in the dishwasher. I just need you to put it in the sink. And I will lose my mind when you fail to do this simple task every single day. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. It's hard for my six-year-old to grasp this, okay? They don't fully understand. But I do know what's best for them. I do know that the quicker that they learn that in life you're going to have to do some things you don't want to do, you're going to be asked to serve and to give and to sacrifice. That's life. The sooner they learn that, that they don't always just get to be happy and healthy and fun. It's, it, that's not how life works. The quicker they get that, the better. It builds character. It makes you someone that people appreciate and not just tolerate. I want my kids to know this, so we 
have some strict rules. God feels much the same way. I ask you, God asks you to be bold in your duty to me. You may think I'm asking too much, but really I'm only asking for the minimum of what should be expected from my children. I've given you life. I've given you all that you need. I expect you to reciprocate, to respond to me in a positive way, specifically to listen. Okay, we we have trouble with that, to listen and do what I say. God's not a tyrant. He's not an awful father for asking us, asking us to listen and then do what he says. And Jesus is calling this bold duty. Your duty is to listen and do what he says, to daily follow his will. Our daily marching orders, those who claim the name of Jesus, our daily marching orders come from the word of God. That's where we get the majority of our expectations. We are to faithfully obey the word of God. And James gives us this warning that we need to be more than just hearers of the word. We need to actually do what it says. James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Actually do what it says. Just a quick question. Anyone have selective hearing? You know what I mean? Like your hearing's fine, but you hear what you want to hear. You respond to the voices you want to respond to. Does anyone have the, the problem I have? Not only do you have selective hearing, you have selective doing. I, I do what I want to do. Not necessarily everything that's asked of me, if, if someone asks me to do something that I don't really want to do, I have selective doing where I'm probably not going to actually accomplish that. I have selective hearing, a bad case of it, and selective doing. My wife can attest to both of those conditions. It makes it very hard to follow the will of God when I have selective hearing from his word and have selective doing. I really am just going to do the things I want to do. God says... I call you to be holy. Well, wait, I didn't get that, Lord. Sorry, I I wasn't paying attention. Um, maybe, Maybe we'll try that next time. God calls me to love my neighbor. Oh, I I I want to do that. I I want to do what you say, but but I don't think you meant for me to do that in this particular situation. I, I know you call me love my neighbor always, but you can't mean it here. I, I'm going to selectively choose to not do that. God asks for your whole life. Well, I, I must have misunderstood that request because, because I, God, I'm going to give you two Sundays a month. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to give you two Sundays a month. Th- those are yours. You can have them. The rest of the time, though, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's me. You, don't, you definitely don't get my whole life. I, I understand what you're asking, but you're just not going to get it. I'm going to selectively choose to not do that. Selective doing, as I'm calling it, is actually just disobedience. That's all it is. It's choosing to look at God, the creator and sustainer, the loving father. It's choosing to look at him and say, no, no, I know you're asking me to do this. I'm aware even of what you're calling me to do, and I'm not going to do it. I don't put up with that attitude from my children. That that doesn't get very far in my family. But yet we do it with God all the time. 
And after all, he is the father. He's the master. If anyone has the right to ask for our whole life, it's him because he gave us life. The second thing that bold duty requires is to respond to the Holy Spirit. So first, we need to daily follow his will by knowing his word. Second, we need to respond to the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will lead you if we allow him to. He will not speak on his own. He's not this rogue spirit. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He's going to give you a roadmap if you will faithfully obey him on a daily basis. We want to live our lives in the truth that we create, not God's truth. We, we like that. So therefore, this, this greatest obstacle is greatest obstacle between you and God is the one that we build ourselves called disobedience. He gives us all we need. He gives us his word. He even then says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to further guide you on a daily basis. But when you say, I don't, I don't want to obey the word and I don't want to follow the Holy Spirit, that creates an obstacle between you and God and, and destroys really the relationship. But oftentimes we set that out. We say, I figured out the path and, and it's not what you say. Jesus' illustration about this servant coming in from the field is, is perfect. We imagine, we, we don't need to work anymore. We don't need to do anymore. I, I've, given you, I've given you enough. I've given you the time that I want to give you. We think we know what God desires from us. Yet he wants, he wants much more from us. He really does. He wants our whole life. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit will be prompting you and leading you. You've, you've maybe felt this before, right? The Holy Spirit's kind of nudging you. Uh, this relationship that you have, maybe it's a, a dating relationship, maybe it's just a friendship, but this relationship, you're like, I, I don't know that I, this is a good relationship. I, this may be toxic for me. I, I think I probably need to end this. And you know that the Lord is saying that to you. This, this relationship is, is truly, truly pulling you down. But you don't want to listen. You don't want to hear that truth. So you stay in it. Maybe there's an addiction that you're dealing with. You know it's a problem. You haven't told anyone else. But the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about how this is destroying your life and how there is still time to get help. There is still time to change course, to repent. There's time, but the Holy Spirit's telling you, you're going, shh, stop. It's my life. It's my life. I'm, I'm going to live it the way I want to. Maybe it's as simple as admitting that you've done wrong to others, whether it was intentional or unintentional. And the Holy Spirit said, you, you need to go ask for forgiveness. You, you need to step into this. And I know it's going to be tough, and I know it's going to be awkward, but you need to step into this. Come on, just go. And you're like, nope. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. Whether it's choosing truth, admitting hardship in your life, the Holy Spirit saying, you need to trust me for healing, and, and you just can't. Holy Spirit saying, you need to let me be your hope, and it's just not enough for you. Trusting the Lord with your life, giving him control, placing your faith in him, whatever it is that's the Holy Spirit prompting you, Holy Spirit telling you you need to let go and let God do his thing, and you're going, uh-uh. No, I, I, I'm in control of this. I've got this. The Holy Spirit will prompt you in all of these truths and all of these things, and you get to choose whether or not you will respond. And it takes 
a bold response to duty to hear the Holy Spirit and do what he's calling you to do. I, I, I honestly kept those examples very generic, very simple, because the Holy Spirit will also call you towards great things, huge things for the kingdom of God. But you've got to listen. You've got to obey. You've got to be bold in your duty. And finally, being bold in your duty is giving your life away with no expectation. It's, it's giving your life away without any expectation of reward. That's, that's what this passage is teaching us. And you do that because God did the same for you. He gave his only son for you. And with the only hope and expectation that you would take advantage of that great gift, that you would place your faith in him. I want to read Luke 17, verse 10 again, the the last verse from our section. So you also, when you've done everything you were told to do through the word, through the Holy Spirit, here's how you should respond. I've done everything. I've done everything you ask. I'm an unworthy servant. I've just done my duty. Have, have you seen the soldier heroes that come home and the reporters run up and want to know what, what was so great about this, this moment? What, what, why are you being awarded this award? What, what's going on? And, and they say so humbly, I just did what I was trained to do. I just fulfilled my duty. I I just was looking out for the guy next to me. And every time you hear a hero say that, you you go, wow, that's that's amazing. That's so humble. And that's all that Jesus is saying here. He's saying, when you're done doing what you were supposed to do, don't come looking to God for some huge reward. Just realize that you're done. You've done what you were called to do. How often, how often do you keep a scorecard with God? That's a tough one. That's a tough question. I know, I'm getting real personal here. But how often do you honestly keep a scorecard going, hey, last Saturday I did this for you. It was cool. It was awesome. I really, really knocked it out of the park. And then, yeah, then that, that, a couple days later, I messed up. But, hey, I had, some, I had some currency in the bank. I had some points on the scoreboard. Yeah, and I, I know I messed up. You can take a few off. But I, I'm still overall up. I, I've put enough away. The servants in this parable all thought they should get to rest and relax because they'd done their job and their day was over. Yet Jesus tells them, the only thing you should expect is the opportunity to do more. Because I've placed you here on this earth for a purpose. This sounds harsh, but let me say it a different way. Let me say verse 10 in a different way, okay? Jesus will call you to eternal rest when you fulfilled his purpose in your life. That doesn't sound as hard. It speaks of a reward. The servant wanted to come in and rest, wanted to have a meal. When when you're done, when Jesus is done with you, he'll call you into eternal rest, an eternal reward. But while you're here, you serve. You work. You're bold in your duty. 
Um, I think, I think, when our time is done here, we will be given an eternal reward. As long as we keep listening to the Holy Spirit, obeying his commands, following the truth that is the word of God. Because this life is short. If we have to serve for the the whole period of time we're here, it's worth it because we really want the next life, the reward part of the next life. That one's forever. This one's short. And I, I know life doesn't feel easy a lot of times, but we really, really, really do want the next one. Being bold in our duty requires the mindset of a servant. Do you, do you have that mindset? A servant, a true servant, won't rest until the job is done, until he's released by the master, until he receives his reward. Just wonder, do you, do you think like this? Do you think like a servant as it pertains to your walk with the Lord? I told you, this, this is bold. This is big stuff. And Jesus needed his disciples to understand this. But do you think like this? Do you wake up daily and ask the Lord, what do you have for me today? Is that how you start this new day? A gift given to you by God, this this new day, is that how you start? What do you have for me today? It's a bold prayer, but it's a prayer and a request that will set you on the right path. Do you ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your actions, your interactions, your conversations, and your decisions? The Holy Spirit is given to us as a helper to let us be faithful and obedient. Are you tapping into that power source? Doing so will radically change your life, but it takes bold faith and a bold sense of duty to read the word and actually do what it says to obey the Holy Spirit. Do you feel like at the end of your day, when you know you've done what the Lord has desired of you, do, do you feel good? Of course. When at the end of the day, you know you have run as far away from the call of God on your life for that day, do you feel good then? Probably not. Your bold duty will transform the world if you're willing to serve. And I want you to know that because that's the kind of church I, I want to lead. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to know that This life is not my own. It was bought with a price. And I have a duty here to the Lord. And I want to fulfill that. Kind of summarizing all three weeks as we we close today. Your duty will stop you from being a stumbling block to others, causing them to sin. Your, Your freedom in Christ will advance the kingdom. As you forgive others, which is also part of your duty, those who've sinned against you, you will start to see how that transforms the world around you. Your duty to ask the Lord to increase your faith will help you in your daily walk with him. But it is on you to ask God to give you more faith. You're you're going to need it. And your duty of serving Jesus with all that you know, with all that you have, knowing that he owes you nothing, will actually bring you joy. Not to mention the reward for fulfilling his great call on your life. There will be no greater words that you will hear than well done, good and faithful servant. You had a huge job. 
and you attacked it with boldness. And because of that, come now and share in your master's happiness. Let's have that meal together. Let's sit down and rest for your work is done. Is that how you live your life? Have you accepted that calling upon your life? My hope and my prayer is that you have and that the Lord will increase your faith so that you might walk daily with him and in him, fulfilling the purpose for which he has called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. He loves you and he desires, he desires for your life to be his. I pray that you will give your life to him. Father, help us be bold in our duty. Help us be bold in our call to worship you, to obey you, to hear your word and do what it says. God, give us grace where we fall short. Show us how you want to transform us from the inside out. Let us be your hands and feet to go into a world that desperately needs to know you, to speak your truth, and to be a vessel of grace. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing and how you're going to move in our lives. You owe us nothing, but you gave us everything. And for that, we praise you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.